you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly appreciate this opportunity to bring this broadcast into your homes, across your airways. We've been we've been on a real heady subject, Kevin. We've been dealing with narcissism and how it looks to Christians, how it affects people, how it hurts people, and uh, it's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad we're doing it, though. Yeah, I I think you know what I'm going to do with this. I'm actually going to to take these sessions, and we do have some people who are going to be calling in with us in a couple of weeks here. It'll be seamless to you, uh, and in uh, talking with uh, Kevin and I and stuff, and and I'm going to put this whole package together, and so that people can buy a little thumb drive for just whatever the thumb drive costs, or a CD, or or download it, or upload it from somewhere, whatever the case may be. Just uh, grab a hold of it and be able to listen to this, share it with people. Uh, because I'll tell you, folks, the pain that narcissism called me was greater than any physical injury I ever had. Uh, the damage that I allowed it to do my mini- to my ministry yeah. was greater than anything that ever happened to my ministry before. So we say all this, and the reason we're going on, the reason Kevin went right up to the time last time, the reason I messed up the day before that is because this is one of those issues Um that God just wants us to know he steers our spirit. This is one of those things where that still small voice is saying, you guys need to do this. And we've been talking about it for a long time. So here we are. So we've covered a lot. I mean, we've been going through a lot of this. We, um, and, and here we are, we, we find ourselves in a position where just this week we've talked about people who lie to avoid responsibility, narcissism, never being at fault, blame shifting on you. And if we're not careful, we, we lose our identity with that blame shift. And, and now we are no interest in who you are, or as I say it, not showing any empathy. And boy, God wants us to show empathy. He wants us to engage. He wants us to listen to people. But that's one of those flags that goes up. That's one of those flags um, that needs to go up in our mind and saying, why isn't this person listening to me? Uh, Why I am, as the Bible says, you know, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. And why, God, if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, why, God, if you've given me this great soul and I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm trying to get closer to you, I'm doing my Bible study, I'm uh, in church, every time the doors are open, I'm doing everything I can, yet this person is repressing me, this person is hurting me, and and folks it should show you that we're supposed to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep and it's a telltale sign of a narcissist who just cuts you off my narcissist would cut me right off and get to the point uh and immediately i'm the bad guy i took all the blame i lived that you know i listened to lies to avoid responsibility the blame shifting was real and there was never an interest kevin there was never an interest in my life there was never an interest in my family. There was never an interest in my ministry. There was never an interest in the things I was doing. Just, it just wasn't there, brother. Yeah, it's terrible if you have someone in your life that's in charge of a large section of of, thing, uh, of your world. You know, it, it might be they're the, the head of the 
company, they're the head of the home, they're head of the church. But uh, and and if they don't care about you as an individual, that's it. It, it kind of wears you out. It's where you start again to feel like you're a chess piece being being used strategically. And, and we do want to fit in strategically to the big goal. But you know, um, you, brother, I was I, I was thinking as you were talking, I was a science major when uh when i was at westchester university and it was called state college at the time westchester state near philadelphia the city of brotherly shove yeah when i was when i was there um i was a a science major and i loved astronomy and uh, you know as you look at this great universe and you can pull a telescope up and you can look at the galaxies and you realize we're placed in a solar system, all these beautiful planets, you know, revolving around a center point. But, you know, that center point's not you or me. It's it, there's nothing that's supposed to revolve around us. And um, it's when you find yourself in an organization that revolves around the leader, not as someone that is going out ahead of you, like a shepherd who goes out and comes back ahead of you, who goes to war ahead of you, but it revolves around their opinion. You, your opinion is supposed to be their opinion. And uh, it was it was uh, Patton, it was General Patton that said, if everyone's saying the same thing, someone is not thinking for themselves. And we we need to uh, flirt. We need to, you know, we need to say, God, I want to. I don't want to sit under this kind of oppression. And uh, please, you know, bless my life uh, with with a situation where I can be, you know, can, can flourish for God. And if the Lord sees fit that we start in the pit like Joseph, you know, was thrown in the pit and then God gets us out of the pit and we go somewhere else and we find that there's a narcissist there in prison. And then we go to Potiphar's house and find that there's a narcissist there and it's Mrs. Potiphar. Hmm. You know, Joseph, Joseph seemed to go from one narcissist to another. But, uh, you know, always he was, he was, God was seeing him faithful and he was finding, God was finding him trustworthy so that he could always, you know, resurrect him to something better and better and better. And uh, I don't want to just keep repeating the test. I want to say, Lord, this thing, this, this person that's in my life right now that expects me to be loyal at all times, no matter what, um, but they don't. I can't expect them to be loyal to me in any way. In other words, they're going to criticize me and I'm expected to accept it. But if I go to them privately to criticize them uh, in any way, uh, like the Bible says, we should be, the leader should be easily entreated. That's, that's heavenly wisdom. So if, if they will not allow that, they'll, you know, they come at you with a rage, kind of what you're describing there, or they go into this subterfuge, this Machiavellian, you know, thing that we talked about where they say, you know what, I don't like where this is going. So I'm going to use subversive tactics to destroy this person. And, um, brother, that, that situation, you know, the best, the best thing to do is to be a Joseph and just say, Lord, I am finding myself in this, at the bottom of this pit, I'm finding myself in this prison or I'm finding myself, uh, in Potiphar's house, but Lord, please bring me to the palace. And we serve a God that knows how to do that. And I'm so thankful. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you that the no show of empathy in my case, uh, I get a call uh, from a, a lawyer, a, uh, a Christian lawyer, you know, somebody who does legal work out of Texas. And he calls me up and says, Hey, Doug, I'm going to be in your area next week. I can't wait to take you to lunch. And, and we're going to look at some papers on how you can sign your books and your ministry over just in case something happens. They'll belong to this pastor in this particular church. Brother, that's a real deal. That mm. really happened in my life. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know, I was born on a day, but it wasn't yesterday. Folks, <laughs> there, are, there are those. There are those that are out there that are that brazen. There are those that are out there that are that arrogant. There are those that are out there that are that haughty. Haughty is another word for arrogant, but it's stronger. It's a biblical word. And, and there are those they don't care about us. And here's yeah. the thing. We can spend all of our time and uh, trying to do the right things, act the right ways, be the right person, to shine the right lights, to make that other person happy. We can be afraid when they pull in the driveway or they show up on our phone call. We can be afraid when we go to work or we can say, God, I'm a child of yours. I'm a child of God. You know, there's one there's one that's never let me down. There's one that says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. There's one who wants me to be concerned with others, but I can't be concerned with others, and no one's concerned about me. I'm in the wrong circle. Friends, when I was younger, I had a coach. I'm, I'm constantly using my coach Leclerc's isms and things he would say, but one of the things in it, it's not profound. It's, it's not even his own quote, but he would say this all the time. He would say, birds of the feather flock together. Now we've all heard that before, but the reality is it's a tribe. Kevin was talking a little bit. Well, we get these other people around us and, and folks, if we're not careful, we can have a couple handfuls of people that have been turned against us. And probably the saddest days of my life are when I counsel somebody who's had their kids turned up against them, who's had their deacons and church members turned up against them. Don't go there. You serve a true and loving God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who wanted you to be exactly the way you are. There's a place for you to fit. There's a ministry for you. There's a God in heaven that's going to go in front of you. There's a God that has an expected end plan for you. And the longer you're pushed under someone's thumb, the longer you're under that spell after they're gone, the longer you do any of that, my friends, you're living in the wrong area code. You're in the wrong zip code. Let me tell you the area code you live in, and that's 777. That's God Almighty. And uh, that's where we put our trust. That's where we live. That's where we're going. Hey, hang with us a second. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. What a great song to be playing there in the background of a life. It is well with my soul, Kevin. So many people under the mm -hmm. thumb. I mean, what do we say to folks? We say, listen, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Go serve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's people that are listening to this that um, they, they're sitting in church on Sunday and they're not getting anything from it because um, 
there's there's been a trauma in their life and they're in this so they're in a confusion you know we're, we're made for a, a fight or a flight so if you've been through this traumatic situation of abuse or oppression where the you know where someone has uh, turned the tables against us unfairly, unjustly. They've used you, they've cheated you, that kind of thing. You've been through just a traumatic thing. And the closer the person was to you, uh, whether it's a relative that stole money or whether it's a spouse that has demonized you and made gaslighted you, that that situation will leave you sitting there and, and, and it's, you're in a fight or flight mode and you're just, you don't know what to do. There's nowhere you can, you know, where do you fly to and, and who should I fight? So, um, the problem is, you know, the Bible talks about oppression over and over. And I had to look this up here a minute ago. Oppression is used in, uh, 118 times, uh, oppress or oppression, um, oppressed, but those, those times in the scripture, you know, you, you just talk about uh, narcissistic abuse where, you know, someone has no interest in you as a person. You are simply to be used. The first time oppression is used, Doug, in the scriptures is uh, Exodus 3, where the children of Israel are being oppressed by Egypt. And in that oppression, Egypt went from being their friends saying, we welcome you with open arms. You people are, uh, you know, you are industrious. You, you know, you're people that are, are productive. We like having you around to a new man that did not know Joseph. And he, he turned an evil eye. And we all know when sometimes there's a change of command in your life, whether it's uh, in, in the, in the company or in the church or, or you marry or something. And that, that person like King Saul turns an evil eye. It says he eyed David continually from that day forward. And, um, you know, the green eye of envy is that evil eye. And the Bible says, who can stand before envy? So you'll, you know, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be righteous enough. You'll never be holy enough. You'll never be loyal enough for a narcissist. They are, they're driven by this Saul-like envy. And uh, they have no interest in who you are as a person. They're, they're not people-centric leadership, they're productivity centric, but really they're just, they're boss centric. You know, I think productivity centric is very common, you know, and I wanted to say this too, Doug, there is a difference between just the normal human pride, you know, someone who's just got, you know, a lot of, uh, testosterone running through their veins where they're just like, you know what, I, I, I want to run something. And, 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 and so, you know, the classic idea of what it's like to date a fighter pilot is halfway through the date. They say, that's enough talking about airplanes. Let's talk about me. <laughs> and, you know, that's, you know, that doesn't mean that person is a narcissist. That is a person who has normal productivity centered, you know, his, his, as it were, his self-esteem is, is what he is accomplishing. He's been through a lot of training. He's earned a lot of things. And so, uh, he wants to talk about himself, but, but really, you know, for Christ-like people, we ought to say all, all the things I've accomplished are from Christ. And I don't want to be that narcissistic boss. Uh, you know, I can guarantee if you are under a narcissistic boss, they'll make you physically ill or psychologically ill. And if you live with someone like that, I fear for you. Um, we're talking about scores of people who have been victimized 
by narcissistic people, you know, this, this disorder I'm talking about that their, their mind is so crystallized that, that they, they literally have an inability in, in and of themselves. They have an inability to feel what you feel. And if they, if they do pay attention to what you've been through, it's just a passing thing like, Oh, okay. Well, thanks for bringing it to my attention. As I was saying, you know, and, and it's, it's sad because that's what people are going through today. And they're sitting in church and they're wondering what's wrong with me. And well, the fact is sometimes they need to identify that maybe they weren't the rebel that they were told they were, maybe they're not, if they were own it. But if you weren't, then, then realize that uh, part of the narcissist playbook is to make you doubt yourself make you doubt your intentions when you're so that you don't doubt them. They cannot live with you doubting them. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I think the, I think that's great. I think the best part of that is you'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be handsome enough. You'll never be thin enough. You'll never be fit enough. You'll never be anything enough with people who are in the middle of this evil control. You'll never fit their mold. You'll never fit in. There's nothing you can do. You can live on spinach and grapes every day of your life. You're never going to, they're going to find another reason why you're not perfect because they alone are perfect. They alone uh, stand upright. They alone have the reason. So it's so important. You know, we think of empathy and, and, and it's so real. So many verses pulled up when I threw this into my uh, concordance and in my online commentary and, you know, defend the poor and the fatherless. And it, a Christian defends the poor and the fatherless. Is someone, you know, are they doing that? Uh, and deliver the poor and the needy. Are they doing that? Uh, care about what someone's saying, you know, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Uh, have they been there when you've been in time of need, when you're hurting, when you just need someone to talk to, when you want to go and get the biggest banana split ever sold in the United States of America in Shearwood, Arkansas, right up the road from Little Rock, and you just want to eat that whole thing. Are they there with you? Is your throat, my picture was hanging on the wall there for seven years of eating a half gallon of ice cream, praise God, Sunday, whole can of whipped cream, a whole bottle of hot fudge, and I got it free. I didn't have to pay the 20 bucks for it. And that was years ago, friends. Oh, it was a challenge. Yeah, but let me tell you, are they with you? When those crazy times come, Debbie was sitting right across from me, having me drink warm water when I was getting those massive ice cream headaches. Are, are they with you when those goofy things show up in life? Are they with you when you just want to go look at the sun setting? Are they with you when you want to chase a cat around the backyard? Are they with you when you just want to sit there and watch some stupid Hallmark movie? Are they with you? Uh, are they your people? Are they with you when you're hurting? Are they with you when you're happy? Are they with you when you're rejoicing? Are they with you when they're, you're weeping? And somewhere along that litmus test, you'll know. That still small voice will say, no, not there, not there, never been there. Nope, they're not going with you. No, that's stupid. They wouldn't put themselves to that stupid level. No, no, they wouldn't do that. No, no, that's, that's too much fun for you. That makes you look good. Of course, they're not going to do that. No, they're not going to say anything good about you. And folks, I can go on and on, but the reality is, do people have an interest in you? Do people care about what matters to you? Do people want to sit down and have a one-to-one conversation, looking in your eyes, holding your hand, weeping when you weep? That's the person. That's that person that's been washed in the blood of the lamb. That's that person who puts God first in their life. 
That's the person who's going to do everything within their power to make you look awesome. Uh, when I was in the army, the, the number one rule of a leader in the army is make your people look good. Train them, train them, and train them again. If they can't do things as well as you or better, you're failing them. People get promoted in the army not for what they do, but they get promoted in the army for what other people under them do. And they have the ability looking forward. They say, this is a person that has what it takes to serve in that next rank. And it's not because of what they did. That's the greatest fallacy ever. It's what others have done in their presence. There was a time that I, I had 70-something E8s that worked for me as an E9. Everyone but one became an E9 in the United States Army. See, it's not about, it's not about us. It's about others. It's about this great God that died for us. It's about this great God who fearfully and wonderfully made us. And in the middle of our goofiness, in the middle of our craziness, in the middle of our upside-downness, in the middle of Freakville, they're there. We sure do love you, folks. If we can help you, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Kevin Robb, take care. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.